hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned in to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Back to Jesse Rubinoff. I am Tim McAuliffe. This is Tim and Friends for January 26, 2023. It is definitely, definitely, I'm going to staple up here, Jesse. Mm -hmm. A friend of the show kind of day. Cabral Richards, Will Liu, and Elliot Friedman all popping by. All good friends of the show. Elliot, of course, on the trade market and who the Oilers and Leafs and Flames are after and exactly what the Canucks are doing. So Andre Kuzmenko, new deal today and reports emanating also today that they haven't talked to Bo Horvat's agent, even though he's in Vancouver. You like riddles? Follow the Canucks. Feels like they're Canucking right now. Yes. Is that a new thing? Yes. It feels like we'll get into it with Frege a little bit later on. We'll see if we can unwrap that riddle. Nice. Unwrap that riddle. We'll see if I can say unwrap. You did it to yourself. <laughs> you did it to yourself. That's a hard thing to say. Unwrap that yeah, riddle. Yeah, I shouldn't have tried it. No, that's tough. I was thinking of the enigma wrapped in the riddle, yeah. wrapped in the... Never mind. Yeah. We'll get into all that. We'll get into what the hell we saw from the Raptors last night with Will Liu. Like just when you think you have some clarity Another on riddle. this team. It's two riddles. Bam. Yeah, two yeah. riddles. <laughs> you get hit teams. right in the Mamadou yeah. Engies. Like nice. that one last night was tough to digest, even though it may have been, may have been the best Raptors performance of the year? A lot of, I don't want to do this to the Raptors, but there are a lot of parallels between the Raptors and, and the Canucks this season in terms of Fans, some fans want them to lose and others don't really know what they want. I think there's there's some significant historical differences, yes. like a recent championship to add into the equation, but I do understand what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Without a doubt. I'm just I'm covering off those on Twitter who are gonna write in and say, What the hell are you talking about? The Raptors won a championship. No, it's not nearly no, it's not nearly as bleak no, in Raptorland. We're talking about what they need to do Correct. at this deadline this year exactly. with this group. I gotcha. Nailed it. Plus, we might sort out the torture bet with Cabral Richards. All right. His SN Bets Collective took us down in our weekly NFL picks against the spread. Not that I'm upset or anything. I don't think that Beef Penis Pizza is on the horizon for myself. Are you in on this, or did you just make picks and you're getting away scot-free? Like, before Cabby comes on... Mm -hmm. Like, are you part of the equation? You don't need to be. I'm going to be a part well, of the equation. No, I'm just going to. But I'm you gonna, also made picks. What's going to happen is I'm going to tag out uh, with Kevin Mickey right. for this specific thing. Mm -hmm. And then tag back in when the torture bet's over. When the torture bet's over, yeah. yeah. He was 0-3, to be fair. Right, that's exactly right. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's the whole point I don't point think we lost by three, but Mickey was 0-4. No, I'll, I'm, I'm joking. I'll do, I'll do it with you. I can't let you. I can't let do, you do it alone. Do you, like... Do you want to wait until we find out what it's going to be before you say, I'm giving you, you know I got love for you, I got your back. Mm -hmm. Even though the same is not reciprocated all the time. I, I got, okay. I got you. <laughs> that's an, an off-camera conversation. Inside joke. I got your back, inside joke. Mm -hmm. I, I got your back, and if you want to wait, no problem. I'm going to do it regardless, right? No, I'm good. I'm good. You're Sign good? me up. Whatever you can do, I can do. All right, so uh, we're hoping better, we're, we're both hoping it's yeah. not beef penis pizza, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Stop. I mean, no. no yeah, yeah. I, 
I think it in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't turn into some sort of testicle. It wasn't. It wasn't pretty to watch. I mean, he did it right in front of our faces right here. It was. It was gross. He but did it let's right just in front of our let's faces. just make sure it's not worse than that because there's a lot of things that are actually worse than that that uh, would concern me. Have you so. watched the English? I think Is it's on movie? Amazon. No, it's one of those new series. Pretty good actually. Yeah. yeah and they have uh, they eat what Sebi was suggesting from behind the camera. We should do a segment of recommendations. We used to do it on on Tim and yeah. Sid. We used yeah. to do what we're watching tonight. Yeah. yeah. And it would just be but. The tonight part has been lost because a lot of it's on demand. Yeah, right? you still just tell people whatever it's. Good. I know you. You know you're a busy guy. You know. So you can watch how time. hungry are you? Yeah. And get the beef penis pizza origins. I, listen, you can probably bet it's going to be. I, I know it's not going to be beef penis pizza. It's I know. Be bad though. But you, you can bet it's probably going to be more ridiculous than while well, the DoorDash dude at Duquesne Loyola Chicago last night. Is it though? <laughs> and we've got an officials timeout. Somebody came on the floor on the far side looking for an Uber Eats delivery or something. There is carrying some McDonald's. Oh, this has to be one of the all-time uh, greats. I'm actually not kidding. No, I, no, I this think, is the I truth. I think that's what's happening. There the he court. is. There, there, right there, there he is. The quarter. Yeah, yay, yay. So this a, guy is actually, who's he delivering it to? The ref. The, the, the ref said later. Give it to me later. <laughs> uh, that's hey, I, know, I know you didn't... Uh, didn't like this very much. So you wanna, no, it's ridiculous. It's a prank, off. right? Like we all know. I knew last night that it was a prank because if you think about it for like seven seconds, you understand the guy would have to buy a ticket to deliver mm -hmm. the Uber Eats. It was DoorDash, by the way, mm -hmm. and that he would never do that to deliver the DoorDash. And then we found out today it was in fact a prank. And listen, I watch enough YouTube video with my son and daughter to understand that this was going to be some sort of prank video gone awry. And let me just tell you, if anyone else tries this, they should be treated like a running back <laughs> and there should be several linebackers waiting for the day. Treated like the guy that ran onto the court during the malice in the palace. Don't condone Ooh, violence. That's a, that's, that's a, maybe a little too far. Yeah, I don't condone violence. I'm, maybe, I'm saying a little it could, too it could far. happen. I'm not yeah. telling anyone to do it. But you, you need to be like turning the corner on a jet sweep <laughs> and have like at, le at least yeah. uh, one or two guys coming at you. You need a Fred Warner just meeting <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I'll take a Fred Warner. you right yeah. on the edge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can I be honest with you? I, I saw the video yeah. on the internet. I didn't watch it because I knew right away that it was fake. A prank? Yeah. yeah. And I don't have time for that. I, I'm, I'm surprised how far that went yeah. last night because I, I did the exact same thing. I'm like, what a joke. Like, why gonna, waste your time watching? Who's going to fall for that? Oh, wait. Ding, yeah, ding, everybody. ding, ding. Everyone fell for I it. Know. I feel like we're grumpy old men, just not embracing the pranks online, and you know. No, that's, no, I'm okay. That's just doing execute numbers. it better. Yeah. Or don't have people fall for it and put it on every sports show last night. Mm -hmm. right, so that's no the last one's paying attention to Loyola Chicago and Duquesne outside of Pittsburgh and Chicago mm -hmm. and friends and family. I hope nobody comes in here. There might be some Canadians on both those teams because they, <laughs> they recruit Canadians. Hopefully, no one from DoorDash or Uber Eats strolls in here in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I'm looking forward to Cabby stopping by. I'm not looking forward to his creativity mm -hmm. or what he delivers via DoorDash or Uber Eats. I hope you're looking forward to it all regardless. The plethora of sporting fare begins with, with what everyone's talking about in First Things First. So let's get on track, Wally Zerbiak. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. It's a new one. That's I've a never new used one. Wally no, that's Zerbiak a really before. good one. Do you know why I went Wally Zerbiak? Because we're starting with basketball? No. 
most ridiculous <laughs> all of, I think, and I like Wally Zerbiak. I'm uh -huh. a fan of Wally Zerbiak. Miami mm -hmm. of Ohio, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Um, Wally Zerbiak was, and I said it at the time on Court Cuts, the most ridiculous all-star selection of all time. He's a one-time All-Star selection. We got our All-Stars today. Which is which is really ironic because a couple weeks ago, wasn't he the one that said Tyrese Halliburton shouldn't be an All-Star? And obviously he should be because he's having a ridiculous season. So look at you. Here's your Wally Zerbiak reference. Yes. Uh, okay, let's go to the Raptors. Let's. Because they opened the West Coast trip with arguably their best performance of the season, beating the Light the Beam Sacramento Kings 113-95 last night. Pascal Siakam led the way with 26 points and 11 boards. Does a performance like that give you hope that the Raptors can still turn their season around? No, no, no. Don't do this to us, Jesse. Don't do this to us, Raptors. Like this is for Raptor fans. They don't need this, do they? No, it's too stressful. I mean, just when you thought you had a little bit of clarity on what the Toronto Raptors would be, could be, and frankly are, mm -hmm. they come out with not only their best performance of the season, but they come out and play like the team everyone thought they could be yes. at their best. Like that was the, they hold the Kings to a season low 95 points, highest scoring team in the NBA. They turned them over 19 times. Demonis Sabonis was uh, ineffective at best, even though he is having a wonderful year so for the Kings. My fantasy team hurt, that hurt. Nine turnovers, yeah, that hurts a lot. Tough, uh, tough night. 12 fast break points when they average almost 16 a game. Like, these are all the things that you're seeing in front of you right now that we thought the Raptors would be this year. And to see that on display last night, may I know a few, I saw some Raptors media members suggesting, oh, maybe, maybe, Maybe we need to lean back here. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe we need to. And I was thinking, like, this is, this is just the clarity they need. The seven-game road trip, tough teams out west. If I'm just going to ask you this. In your mind, and maybe you can try and think of the fans out there that, uh, that you met some of them yesterday out at Scotiabank mm -hmm, Arena. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, could this road trip you see in front of you, change your opinion on what they should do on the deadline, which will occur one game after that road trip ends? No. No. Could, I mean, could it? Potentially. Could it? But I don't think it should in the best interest of the organization moving forward. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have a team that you say it all the time. This is what you said it yesterday. The difference between good and great is consistency. And this team, while yesterday was probably their best performance of the season, they've had a handful of games where we've seen flashes of their ability to do this. But they haven't been able to string it together for really any chunk of the season. Yeah. So Losing to good teams, missing, like, right. uh, no Giannis, no Chris Middleton. Exactly. Losing the Bucks, No Jason Tatum exactly. against the Boston Celtics. Exactly. A couple guys get injured at the half, and they still lose. So it just feels like you would be rudderless and continue in the – well, we've been calling the messy middle if you were to continue with this team. Can they have flashes of brilliance? Sure. But until you show that you can do it for an extended period of time, you're not going to change anyone's opinion of you. Okay, how about this? I read Michael Grange. She mm -hmm. said that there is mutual interest between the Raptors and Gary Trent Jr. to re-sign in Toronto. Gary Trent Jr., for you and me, unless I'm mistaken, seemed like the most likely to be dealt at the deadline. Mm -hmm. Well, we've had this conversation. I remember asking you... Uh, 
I think a week ago or so, if Gary Trent's the type of guy that you would want to keep around just because of, of his age. I think people forget how young he is. He's very young, yeah. Right, 24 years old now. And uh, some of the things that the Raptors have been struggling with over the year is, is shooting. And he's really the only shooter that they have on the team. He's the only pure shooter that they have. So if you get rid of a guy like Gary Trent, is that not someone that you're going to need to replace in some facet? Because if you take him away, an already bad shooting team is a significantly worse shooting team. And I know Fred's stepped up here and he's playing a lot better as of late, but at his age, it seems like the type of guy that you would want to keep around. But at the same time, to your point, the reason why you would want to trade him is because he's 24 years old, he's a good shooter, he's a good player, and a guy like that could probably get you a ton at the trade deadline because there aren't going to be very many guys like that available. So, I don't know. It's a t- it, that one's a tough, tough thing for me. If- I'm, uh, the, the other thing is, like, the accepted pure shooter. Like, he's shooting 36.7% from three. Mm-hmm. Do you know that OG Ananobi and Malachi Flynn have a better three-point percentage this year? than Gary Trent Jr. Like, this is this is remarkably interesting stuff to me. Mm-hmm. And then there's those Jakob Pertl rumors that won't go away. Like, the, he, Jakob Pertl's the one that got away for the Toronto. He yeah. does the things, and before you just jump all over this, he does the things that they need. There is rim protection. The numbers and the, the analytics suggest that he is one of the one of the at-the-rim best Who's that guy? defenders in the NBA, uh, that is uh, Timmy's top ten on the trade market. In a, Look at this. With a tie. Yeah, I got a tie oh on there. I got a sharp. It's been a while since they took pictures of me. You can see it's clean shaven and all that stuff. They don't want to invest in me. I might be gone tomorrow. So <laughs> the uh, the Mike Connolly Jr., the Fred Van Vliet, that's the point guards out there. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel like maybe Freddie Van Vliet jumping past Gary Trent. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. But these next few games should tell us, yeah, right? I mean, it's so fascinating, specifically Fred and Gary, because I, you look down the line, you look three years from now, who would you rather have on the team, and specifically given their ages? And I know how much Fred does to the culture. I completely understand that. No, no, but I, just, I haven't seen it consistently from Gary Trent Jr., period. Either, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't disappear for games and be, I mean, I guess 20 million isn't what it used to be yeah. in the NBA. Everybody but you gets can't, 20 million. Yeah. You can't be the, you know, obvious starters money mm-hmm. if you can't deliver obvious starters numbers. And he obviously has a talent. He is of that age where you would hope that he might be able to understand the difference. But when he's at his best, he's really good. And then he just disappears for games. And that, to me, is very dangerous. If you're the third, fourth guy, if you're the fifth guy, I'm good with that. But if you're getting paid over $20 million a year, you got to bring it every game. No so doubt. We'll talk uh, to Will Lou about speaking this. Speaking of guys who bring it every game. Us. Yeah. we got more basketball coming up. Yeah. Don't flip if you're a basketball fan. we got more hockey coming up. Don't flip, period. We need all the help we can get, but we're going to stick with basketball right now. Yes, we are. This was fun, wasn't it? Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid facing off against each other as opponents for the first time last night as the Nets visited the 76ers. The crowd in Philly was... About as Philly as you can expect, going wild and Embiid and Simmons battled each other in the post, sharing the court for the first time in 583 days. Embiid got the last laugh as the Sixers won and he busted out the Degeneration X Look at this, look out! Yeah, I mean, we all did that in elementary school after a third, uh, and one in the third quarter. Injured net star Kevin Durant was live tweeting the game and wrote, trash celebration. And a short time later, Embiid's account replied, 
with this gem. I did it at the score, not all about the score. You think you could tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! The addition of Kevin Durant was brilliant to that, but he did not post that. His team posted that. Proof of that Good is job, him bro. at the podium looking at the video that they obviously posted before he even got mm -hmm. to the podium last night. One thing's for certain, he has absolutely no respect for Ben Simmons whatsoever. Yeah. Neither does the crowd, but that's Philly. Right? That's Philly. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. Like, think they spent time together. Yes. Ben Simmons took time. Mental leave, apparently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joel Embiid doesn't believe no, that. Does not, no, does not care. No, no. love lost between the two of those no, guys. All. Uh, all right, let's go to hockey. Rick Tockett and the Canucks got a reality check Oof. in Seattle. Didn't Oof. Honeymoon didn't last very long, right? Uh, Vancouver was blown out 6-1 after getting a win over the Blackhawks in Tockett's debut. Meanwhile, the Oilers had their six-game winning streak snapped in a 3-2 overtime loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. In Ottawa, Ridley Gregg got a point in his uh, NHL debut, assisting on Claude Giroux's game winner in a 2-1 win over the Islanders. And finally in Toronto, the Leafs came from behind to beat the Rangers 3-2 in overtime, their sixth straight win at home. There was a lots of love for Timothy Lilligren, Samsonov, Matthews, and Marner, Mitch's game winner. There's a lot going on in that hockey game. Any of those where you want to start? Uh, I'm usually not one to nitpick wins, but I feel like the Leafs are different. Like, as we're attempting to figure out what the Toronto Maple Leafs are this time around, we know they're talented. I have said on numerous occasions, among the most talented, if not, the most talented team in the National Hockey League. I give all that preamble because what I have said each and every postseason is that hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. So I'm looking for the Toronto Maple Leafs to lay groundwork that will show that they're working hard. And the Austin Matthews block shot thing, mm -hmm. that that's something, I don't know if I want him doing that until, I mean, you don't want him turning it on late and trying to figure out how to block shots, but I don't know if you want one of the best players in the league Tortorella would like it. leading the league yeah. with block shots. But I'm going to provide you with two clips, Jesse okay. Rubinoff, okay. and you, Canada, and you tell me if this is much ado about nothing or we're on to something. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So we'll start 13.55 left in the second period. This is a sequence that ends up 
with the second goal for the Rangers and watch how many times the Toronto Maple Leafs have the opportunity to get the puck out of their zone. That's Hall in the corner. There's a little flip pass. Mitch Marner can't get it out. There's a turnover. And then it's back in the corner. There's Hall again. There's another turnover. Matthews goes off a stick. Giordano can't get it out. There's Marner again one more time. Then there's a puck up in the air. So... Boom goes a dynamite. I was it's there. in the back I saw, of the net. I saw this in person. You you saw that in person. Yeah. You were at the game yeah. last night. Like yeah, it's not good. That's but that's old school what trips up this Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team, is mm-hmm. it not? Yeah. I'm gonna give you one more clip. Mm-hmm. And this is Keandre Miller. And listen, Til- Timothy Lilligren was part of the story last night. Mm-hmm. And Third in star. fact, on sportsnet.ca, the story today was about how he has become a big part of this team. And Keandre Miller, like this is a cheap shot on a very valuable player now listen again not penalized on the ice but not one leaf walks over there was a moment where marner grabbed his arm for a split second with the all come on man yeah but nobody did jack and i just as i'm trying to figure out if this is a different team are is this evidence that they're not or am I just nitpicking the win and finding two spots where you could say, what the hell are they doing? Well, I don't think them reacting in a physical way to Keandre Miller is going to be the difference between whether they win a playoff round or not. And you look at who was on the ice there. What's Mitch Marner going to do? What's Austin Matthews going to do? Uh, slash him across the ankle. But this, they've never done that. They've, they've never done And I understand that that part of the reason might okay, be Okay, what about the rest won. of the game? What about it? How are you going to get people, and this has been my beef in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. how are you going to keep people from manhandling your best players when it matters most? Like, this is just a regular season game. Mm -hmm. This isn't even, like, how do you stop that from happening, especially, as we know, when the playoffs come around, the refs don't call that ish, Mm -hmm. ever. So, the, the Leafs... Biggest weapons are always going to have an X on their back, quite literally, in this situation. Would you, would you say that there was no X? I mean, it was the number. This, the, but those guys, like those guys who were on the ice, the Matthews, the Marners, the okay. So the write Vanilla the number ice, down and but get them. Those guys haven't been the problem in the playoffs. Get them five. They they haven't exactly lit it up either. Well, Nylander I, was one of their best players in the in the postseason. Your points year. per game. I'm gonna. We'll do the research. We've run yeah, out of time. Yeah. We'll do the research. Yeah. Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Mm-hmm. I think Nylanders will go up. But put their points per game in the regular season mm-hmm. to their points per game in the playoffs. I bet you they all go down. Yeah. They're, they're just not. They're they're never gonna do that. Like they're never gonna do it. And maybe they'll never win because of it. But that, they're not but built that, like that, and they, they're not gonna change. But what I'm telling you is. That stuff ratchets up in the postseason, and you have to you have to have someone in and around that team that will make you think twice about doing something like that. And what you're saying is, they don't have so it. be it. They don't have it. They don't. That's why they've lost in the first round every year. Yeah, it's definitely part of the reason. I mean, it's hard it's hard to argue. That's it. Um, but you're giving them the excuse they don't have that on the team. No, but I think I think to to win a I think they can get away with it. I would do it, they, but they got to, they got and the I'm game soft. But they got you. You you're not you're not soft in those terms. I heard I heard what you you would you said what you would do to the the DoorDash guy if he came strolling onto the court. Show, I, I I get I get show your, a little your jam. point. Your point makes show sense. Show a little jam. Your point makes sense. Speaking but it, of it's, jam, it's hard to argue. Speaking the Canucks of jam. have have none of it. <laughs>
what you want to say. They're another team that has none of it. Yeah, but wow. they lose. The difference is the Leafs win during the regular season. The Canucks lose. They have no jam. Yeah, 6-1 six, six, last night. They were never in it. Welcome to your second game as the head coach of the team. Uh, I won't spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to present to you a Jason Bruff tweet from last <laughs> night. And I'll read uh, the punchline for you before we get there. Second game speechless. Um, you know, I don't like to say the anxiety, but it, it, you just—I don't—I don't know what to say. I really don't. It's one of those, you know. Uh... <laughs> that is so tough. That's such a great tweet. Uh, Elliot Friedman will join us a little later. Uh, Andre Kuzmenko, by the way. Does that, does, I mean, 27 when the deadline rolls around, does that surprise you at all that no. he got $5 million? No, he has good chemistry with Pedersen. Canucks fans really like him. I think if you're looking for positives, which they are in Vancouver, that's a positive. And, and I think some people were expecting him to maybe get traded because he's playing really well. But so you're keeping him around. So you're keeping him around for two years, two years. when he'll be really good. And he'll be more expensive, and then you won't be able to pay him either. Still to come, Elliot Friedman will drop by. We'll Literally. discuss that with him. I, yeah. I don't really understand it. Like, it was a six-year deal. Yeah, it's, it's to keep Pedersen around for the next two years. That's what it is, yeah. Maybe to keep Pedersen yeah. around. Ask Elliot, because I don't uh, know anything. Cabby will join us. Uh, I have an idea on who is the MVP of the NFL. I think I might be alone on it. We'll discuss Whoa. it. And after the break, we'll That's continue the discussion on the Toronto Raptors and what they do in the next two weeks as the trade deadline is Will Lou in studio next. This is Tim and Friends. Marner's in. Up against Panarin. Marner ducks in. To the net. Scores! An incredible game winner for Gibbs in front. One time and they score. And they're pouring it on here in the second. Seattle gets its first in the seventh meeting between these two. I hate to call your team soft, but it was soft tonight. We got a lot of work to do this time of year it can be a little anxiety inducing just because the trade deadline is literally coming up the road to the trade deadline goes to toronto obviously i feel like i can still do a lot of things all i can do is prepare myself the best way possible and then when we get in the game you hope the drilling kind of takes over and you can make those throws when you need to welcome back friends a huge night in the nba you can see it right here on sportsnet sportsnet one NBA All-Stars will be announced at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That'll be followed by the Knicks and the Celtics from Boston. Celtics first in the East, Knicks currently seventh. Then it's off to L.A., Kawhi and the Clippers hosting well. This one's not as good, but I, you might see Kawhi go off against the Spurs. Clippers have won three straight, fifth in the West. Kawhi averaging just under 30 points a game in his last eight. We keep the NBA chat rolling with the host of the aptly named Raptors show with Will Liu. Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca. You can hear him on Sportsnet 590. You can see him on YouTube. Follow him at Will underscore Lou. If I'm not mistaken, it's Will Liu. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What's How up? How are you, man? Can't wait to you. watch Kawhi again, man. He's he's back. He's back to like being you know Kawhi Leonard again. No more uh, load management, and he's he's cooking these I, days. I thought once, and we'll get into the Raptors trade and what. I once I started seeing old Kawhi back, and then I heard the Kyle Lowry or the Mike Conley Jr. and or the Fred Van Vliet tied to the Clippers. I was like, oh, the Clippers might be interesting here. I'm so sick of the Clippers. They're, they're, they're about to put out a five-man lineup if they had their way of just 2019 Raptors. <laughs> Kyle, yeah. Fred, Norm, Kawhi, Serge. Like, 
That, that might have been an actual lineup we had. But, <laughs> right, so, so get your own team. Yeah, get your own team. Do your own research. Yeah. Uh, figure it out. Do your own development. Uh, what the hell was last night? That's the Raptors playing to their potential, finally. <laughs> this is why we're all frustrated on the season, okay? Because every single day I got to do the show, and it's all about negativity of like, oh, man, what's wrong with Fred? What's wrong with Scotty? What's wrong with these guys who did not get along? Why don't they play defense? They finally play defense. Sacramento is like one of the best offensive teams in the league. They average 120 per game. Their season low previous to last night was only 99 points. Mm-hmm. They only had one other game that were held under 100 points, and the Raptors walked into their building and just dominated from start to finish. You never really worried as much about the Raptors losing this game because of how good their defense was. I mean, Sabonis had a career-high nine turnovers. You're seeing every sort of defensive stop that you really wanted to see. And most importantly, guys are just helping each other. Like, they literally play defense like they trusted each other, like they like each other, like they really wanted to win. Right. And finally, we got a watchable product. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Was- uh, the defensive numbers, I went and looked them up before the show. Uh, defensive efficiency from Hollinger, 19th in the NBA, NBA.com, mm-hmm. uh, 16th in the NBA. Their, their defensive field goal percentage is 48.6, <laughs> which is fourth worst in the league. So was last night the anomaly and maybe the Kings don't see what the Raptors do all the like part of this I think could be scouting mm. because I think some of the teams in the East have figured out what Nick Nurse is trying to do to them. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think if you look at the entire season, it's what they played 49 games. This is more of an anomaly, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, when you think about last season, when the Raptors turned the year around from January onward, they were the fifth best team in the league on defense. And that translated right. to like a 55 win pace from right. January onward last season. They clicked defensively. This year, obviously, they haven't clicked defensively. Every other game, they give 120-plus. But, you know, when they play to their potential, you do see the idea of it. And really, it's the key of, like, getting together, helping each other on defense, making the rotation for the next guy. Yeah. And, look, that's, that's, that's how this team was built, right? The, the issue for this season is just that they haven't defended like that. And then their offense is just still whatever, right? So... That's the issue, but at least they played to the potential yesterday, and it was fun to watch. For one game. So Fred says after, it's never too late. Sure, yeah. Do you agree? Uh, once the trade deadline two weeks away, it's not too late still. It's still not too late. Really? Until the deadline, it's not too late. <laughs> well, Jesse and I were just looking at the schedule, <laughs> obviously, for the uninitiated. Seven-game road trip starts last night. Yep. There are some tough teams on this seven-game road trip. Like, there, there's no way that they could take Messiah and Bobby off what they think they're doing at this deadline by playing these games like we just saw last night? I mean, it's a hard question. Look, I'm always hoping for the Raptors to win, okay? I okay. understand the idea of the tanking and all that kind of stuff. But to me, I'm like, look, the Raptors have a lot of great pieces here. Pascal Siakam is going to be an all-star. He's playing at that level. Might make All-NBA again at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Fred VanVleet was an all-star last year. In the last 20 games, he slowly turned it back around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he had a horrible start. But he's back to his usual levels on both ends. Scotty has been back to being a rookie of the year level player, right? He's really found his role. And then, of course, you got guys who are returning back from, you know, injuries. Precious Achua, I think, obviously has been a huge factor the last four or five games here. You know, his health is very important for the teams, and especially just because they don't have a lot of bench production. Seems like Chris Boucher only plays well when Precious Achua is there, too. So, I don't know. Like, when you really squint and you look at it, like, okay, maybe this sort of thing is back where it's supposed to be. But the record is still what they are, right? I mean, it's 49 games in, and we're talking about, wow, they really locked in on Sacramento. You know? like (laughs) This team is so confusing sometimes. And frustrating. 
Very like, frustrating. It was almost – you could hear it in Matt Devlin and Alvin Williams' voice mm-hmm. last night. They were yeah. like, is this really happening here? Like, yeah. is this going to continue? And, and it did. So, I was working under the impression that Gary Trent Jr. was the most tradable player, yep. given his worth, given his contract, given kind of where we're heading this season. And then Michael Grange in his column suggests that maybe there's mutual interest on the re-sign. Like, what, yeah. what's your take on Gary Trent? I think, look, um, as long as the Raptors can agree to a good number with Gary, not not only in terms of the years and also in terms of how many million per year, we're talking about probably 20 million plus. I think he's earned a raise from his 17 million right now, probably 20 million plus. And if it's not something super long term, especially because Grange brought forward the idea that Gary might be open to a shorter term deal so he can sign an even bigger deal when he turns 26 at the end of a two-year extension, for example, That might make sense. The whole idea isn't necessarily to just take these players and trade them away because you're sick of watching them. That's how us as fans sort of like interpret this thing. (laughs) That's what what happens on Twitter a lot. That is definitely what happens on Twitter, myself included. But the real onus for the front office is to make sure you have players that are able to continue to improve and develop and you sign them to good contracts so that you have value. The Raptors are not a free agency destination where we can just go out year after year and sign LeBron or sign AD and all this kind of stuff. The Raptors are a team that they need to develop. They need to grow their talent and you don't trade your talent at the very low point of it so if Gary's amenable to a shorter term deal that's not like 30 million or something like that then of course it makes sense to keep him around like obviously teams want him right now you sign him to another deal and you have more years on that thing teams might want him even more in the future you know okay I'm gonna give you two options because we only got about two and a half minutes left here Scotty Barnes and the evolution of this year or Jakob Pertl, the one that got away. Where do you, where do you want to go here? I got to say, Jakob Pertl, for all the trade rumors, that might be the least sexy name. You know, you never like, oh, man, if the Raptors just had Jakob Pertl <laughs> and his verticality and his little push shots and his 37% free throws, like, that's not a very, very sexy component. It's, Let's it's, go with Scotty. <laughs> it's not, but can I just say, like, I looked at some of his defensive numbers. Like, uh-huh. they're really good. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's okay. a good player. Yeah. He's always been a good player, very good on the offensive glass as well. Yeah. You know, the Raptors miss a lot of shots, so there's a lot of offensive rebounds. They to go love for. offensive rebounding. Yeah. All right, so, Scotty, I, I have a theory yeah. on Scotty. I'm going to give it to you. You can tear it up, throw it out, spit it back at me. I don't okay. care. They tried to develop him as a point guard. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. So they switched the plan with Scotty and are using him in different areas that he's more comfortable in. And in the long run, having both skill sets, even if they didn't get what they wanted from him as a point guard, long term, could work out really well. Yeah, no, I think that's the really nice part about a player like Scotty because he has a great skill set. He can play multiple positions. He impacts the game. Last night he didn't score a lot, but he had 10 assists, right? He's able to set up the team. Right now, it's a, it's a bit of a compromise. With the starters, he's playing more of a center role, connecting the play, screening, right. and there's a way for him to impact the game that way. And then when he's playing with the bench, where he's had a lot of success recently as well, he's now the lead guard. He's able to experiment. So they're finding a good way sort of have it all meshed together. And I think, honestly, low-key, him and Fred are starting to find a nice pick-and-roll chemistry between the two of them. And if you can get those two guys to be productive alongside a Pascal who's excellent every night, then all of a sudden a lot of your offensive issues don't look so bad. Do you think that that's what Fred was talking about with J.J. Redick? I feel like a lot was made out of this J.J. Redick appearance. It wasn't that sinister <laughs> to me. I thought he was fairly I transparent. Just, as, as you said it, yeah. I was thinking like, you know, like that little balance between Fred and Scotty, I feel like it's real mm-hmm. on the floor, 
obviously at the start of the year, both of them weren't playing well. They're starting to get better, and it feels like a little change in the role. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure there's something to it, but at, at the same time, I think that for the benefit of the team, they got to play well together. I don't really necessarily care about what they individually want or want to do. I just want to see the Raptors win. So go figure it out. Right now, they're looking good, both of them. So do fans, so do management. Yeah. So do we. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more content like this, check out Will Lou on his many platforms, all of them under the Sportsnet banner. Just Google Will Lou. That's I, I think that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there it is. Easy Will Th- thanks for doing that. Uh, on the other side, another friend drops by. Cabral Richards will help us tee up championship weekend in the NFL, and maybe we'll figure out what Jesse and I have to do, or if Jesse's even with me, to pay off our torture bet. But I hope it's not beef penis pizza. We'll discuss this next on Two and Friends. And the rest of the world inching closer to Championship Sunday in the National Football League. Let's take a look at the odds. Powered by Bet Rivers. Niners and Eagles kick it off. Eagles have been taking some money and are up to two and a half point favorites. I love. Over and under has moved up to 46 and a half. AFC Championship game. All right. So the line has now swung back and forth a few times with Patrick Mahomes' health concerns. The Chiefs are back to a slight favor after yesterday. Seemingly positive update on the ankle. Total up to 48. It's a whole new game. Download the BetRivers online casino and sportsbook app today. My next guest is not only a trailblazer in Canada, he is my in my top five at least of providers of belly laughs per season and career. Ladies and gentlemen, Cabral Richards join us here. Yes, 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 here we go. What's up, guys? Yes, 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 sir. yes, sir. Thank you for the generous intro, my G. Did you just give him belly laughs per 60? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, he yeah. has given me several belly laughs Definitely. per 60, without a doubt. So let's talk about this line. I, I know that step. you are the executive producer of Sportsnet betting content. And I mentioned this yesterday. The line is based on where they're getting money in. Their goal is to bring in as much money as possible. Most times they're trying to go 50-50 on that money so that they can pull off the top. Have people been analyzing the smidgen that we see of Patrick Mahomes and moving this? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna offer you up, Cabby. Yesterday's Patrick Mahomes visuals that I believe moved the line. Here's him walking into the news. No limp! There seems to be no limp on Patrick Mahomes. Here he is on the field, stretching. And they know that the cameras are only allowed in for practice for a certain amount of time. So that was yesterday. Today we got more visuals of Mahomes. And look at this hop. All right. That's one. Door number. <laughs> How many times is this guy coming into a room? No, we got it on a repeat for you. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> he re-entered the room 44 times. This is the video from practice today, and as mentioned, we got a spin today from Patrick Mahomes. Is this really moving the line? Yes, man. There's so much speculation, and there's so much money in the market. Over this game and with this game. And yeah, all of us are like internet sleuths looking at keyframes or whatever, just like analyzing his movements as though. Remember when Conor McGregor was preparing to fight Floyd Mayweather and then he was doing like these weird arm movements, yeah. like only only releasing little 10 second clips 
like making it seem like he wasn't prepared to fight Floyd. And ultimately, I mean, Floyd is world-class and it was eh, half these fight, but this is all on purpose, just like teasing the audience. And yes, like when there are certain sharps in Las Vegas who the books, they respect their bets and they may not bet six figures. They might bet low five figures, but because they're respected, the books will be like, ooh, what does this person know? So yeah, this this high ankle sprain and, and salute to Patrick Mahomes giving us like the football version of the flu game coming back in, or I guess maybe I should call it like the Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons, like, what was it, 88, Tim, the NBA Finals where he rolled his ankle and yeah. a bad ankle in game five or six and scored 25 points in the third quarter. Anyway, this was an incredible performance. So, but to answer your question, yes, a bunch of us are out here looking for little morsels, which may inform our bets on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. All right. I made a statement yesterday, agree or disagree. If Patrick Mahomes is at 90%, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this game. Oh. I disagree. I disagree. And, Look, and, and remember the, the context. The, the, I, I had Mahomes when we did our top five quarterbacks, Cab. He was like third on my list all time. Like, I am a Mahomes fan. So I'm am I. Sa- I'm saying if he's at 90%, I think Joe Burrow is that good. He's better. The, so now Joe you can Burrow disagree. is great. I'm just giving you context. And the evidence, you had that graphic of the head-to-head, that is compelling evidence. But, Tim, to beat a team four times in a row, like on their home field, that is a tall order, man. Mm-hmm. And and we know that Mahomes is out here with a bunch of also rants. I shouldn't call them also rants, but players that have been released from other Kadarius Tony and Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon and yeah. MVS and Juju Smith. Like, but this guy still put up 5,000 passing yards this year and threw for 41 touchdowns, led the league in both categories. Even on one ankle, one good ankle, he could he still affects the outcome of games in a positive way they beat the jags i don't i i can't i don't want to go as far as to say that pat that joe burrow even is is a better quarterback than patrick mahomes i i can maybe do a deeper dive on the on the data but i test which i like to lean more on the data patrick mahomes is still patrick mahomes is still a superior quarterback and i believe in mahomes on sunday i i will listen I will process, and I won't get okay. upset in any way, shape. But or listen, form. hey, one caveat though: I'm yep. not an expert. I don't claim to be an expert. <laughs> no, we're uh, just two guys I'm, talking. I'm here for the vibes. Yeah, we're just I'm two, here two guys for the talking. Immaculate vibes, my G. All right, let me give you one more immaculate vibe. Um, Patrick Mahomes is odds-on MVP. They just announced the top five today. It reads as follows: Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson. Patrick Mahomes will win the MVP this year. Did we just get proof that Jalen Hurts deserves the MVP because of what happened to that team without him? I know that everyone looks at it, and I hit you with this from the blind side, so I will allow you to to think about it and allow it to marinate for a little bit. We'll put it in the oven, as Brendan Lynch likes to say, okay? Yeah, that's right. So I know the numbers are what determines your MVP and that a lot of leagues and a lot of teams and a lot of fans just look at numbers and will tell you for sure Patrick Mahomes is MVP and I will agree with them nine times out of ten. I think we figured out that Jalen Hurts is the most valuable player by the time that he missed this year 
and that could make him your real MVP? Ooh, that's that's a great question. I don't know if in football narratives, it's the player that's had the single best season or the player most valuable to their team. Yeah, we've had that discussion. That's the argument, yeah, right. That's yeah. the discussion in basketball, and I think baseball is also um, there. That narrative um, surfaces. There is also uh, an I offensive think, player of the year award. Does that like? In the NFL, they give that out. I don't understand the difference because it's always an offensive player that wins the MVP. True. I I mean, the MVP is basically a quarterback award. I I can't – was it Sean Alexander? I can't remember the last – or Adrian Peterson, the last non-quarterback to win that award. So it's basically a quarterback award. Uh, It's compelling. Oh, the offensive player of the – okay, yeah. I mean, you're you're making a compelling argument for Jalen Hurts. I don't remember the strength – the strength of schedule rankings, whether Philadelphia had an easier strength of schedule than Kansas City. So I would take that into consideration. Jalen Hurts has been amazing. And I think he's, what is it, 38, 39 total touchdown, like 13 on the ground and whatever, 26 in the air. Mahomes got 41 in the air and um, Kansas City is just the machine. And, you know, he loses it with Tyreek was just on that graphic as an off- a candidate yeah. for Offensive Player yeah. of the Year. Lewis is an all-world receiver. Still has one in, in Travis Kelsey. But then with a bunch of dudes who were cut or let go from their teams, he still amassed a 14-3 and record. Number one seed in the AFC. And I don't know, man. I just, I want, maybe this is my fandom. This is probably my fandom. But I want Patrick Mahomes to breathe that air of, elite excellence like i want him to his face to be on the mount rushmore of all-time greats in the nfl so i'm selfishly as a fan i'm rooting for him we got a hard out in 30 seconds tell us what we got to do for this bet that we lost because the sm bets collective is better than us hold on tim i'm just gonna say right now your your picks were trash your picks jesse rubinoff's picks kevin mickey's picks absolute trash i mean so we are um, trash is going to be a part of the equation in the resolution of the torture bet not, because SN bets was the superior squad this year in picking football games. Not eating trash, right? TBD. <laughs> Do I have to agree to this or there's Cabral Richards? We've run out of time. I, we're going to have you back on. We're going to discuss this uh, yes. at length a little bit more and I will book you my friend. Okay. That's concerning. Okay, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. There is Cabral Richards uh, joining us. You can follow him for all the content that you can possibly That's worse watch. than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Are you out now, Jesse? No, I'm still in, but trash is concerning, <laughs> to say the least. The picks were trash. What the hell does that mean? All right, we're talking hockey. Elliot Friedman is going to join us. Maybe Friedge can get on the horn and figure out. I'm the not going to rummaging through a dumpster if that's what he's thinking. Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much. Sheepdog's back here for the final half an hour on Tim and Friends. Elliot Friedman will join us shortly just to carry the two. And I guess five weeks away from the NHL trade deadline. But there is 
lot of talk and plenty of news and speculation from around the NHL. We'll do that with Elliot Friedman. Coming up in a flash, but first let's set up the night on the ice, shall we? The Flames hosting the Hawks in Calgary tonight. You can see it regionally on Sportsnet West. Chris Tanev is out, so Denny Gilbert, or Dennis Gilbert, has been recalled from the AHL. With more on the Flames, let's go live to Ryan Leslie, or Ryan Leslie in Calgary, fresh off his 50th birthday, which he celebrated with us on Monday. Plus, there was the Johnny Gaudreau thing, but Ryan's 50th birthday. It's been a busy week. Welcome back, buddy. Timmy, thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, couldn't help but notice you had on Cabby a minute ago. My dude, Sean, have you ever placed a bet you have never wanted to go through? Anyhow, uh, yes, it is the Hawks. It is the Flames, my dude. And we're getting set for this. The Calgary Flames, they've won two straight. Flames have won two straight. They're looking to make it three. They've got a back-to-back -back scenario. Chicago tonight. You've got uh, the trip right to Seattle afterwards. Uh, you're going to see a Markstrom-Stauber uh, matchup between the pipes. And it is an interesting. You mentioned Dennis Gilbert. He, in fact, was uh, recalled. He will not be in the lineup tonight. But that means Connor Mackey will draw in. He's been waiting his time. He's a Chicago kid. His, Dave was, his, his father, rather, Dave, was a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Tough guy back in the day. And uh, Connor sent me a photo today. We'll put it in the show tonight about uh, him as like a 12-year-old with an 18-year-old Patrick Kane, the two of them. You know, he got this all-access as a son of a former player. So he got to meet his idol, and now tonight he gets to draw in and play against him. But this is a Hawks team where all the questions, guys, are all about what happens with Kane and Taves. They're taking it all in stride. Patrick Kane said, listen, I haven't even really talked about it. I check in with my agent once a week. They hold all the cards, as everybody knows, Kane and Taves do. But he said after the uh, All-Star and bye week break, then they'll probably start to dig into what he wants to do. He does not know at this point. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation about where those two uh, big names might go. And certainly uh, Daryl Sutter kind of uh, talked this morning about identifying the Hawks with those guys. He said the best series he's ever coached was when he was with the Kings and they were going up against the Blackhawks. Just superpower on superpower, as you will recall back in the day. Might not be the same uh, tonight, but certainly it's a Hawks team that is playing hard under Luke Rich. Richardson. There's plenty of positives as they continue to try and, uh, you know, hold the fort and figure out what kind of direction they're going here in the near future. But Calgary, as we mentioned, wants to make it three in a row. So uh, lots on the line for both clubs, and uh, we expect a, another dandy here tonight, my Thank dude. you, my dude. I appreciate you, Brian Leslie. There's Ryan Leslie in Calgary. Uh, in Winnipeg, the Jets hosting the surging Sabres. Buffalo has now won four in a row and sent just three points out of a final playoff spot in the East with games in hand. Kind of went silent there. Yeah, no. Yeah, after a rather it was a great, loquacious cabbie impersonation. Fantastic. Yeah. Meantime, the uh, Jets dropped their last one to the Preds. How about more from Winnipeg? We'll check in with Sean Reynolds. There's no cabbie impersonation from Sean Reynolds. Right, Sean? No, you're not getting that from me, but I should get on the record and wish happy birthday to Ryan Leslie. Happy 50th birthday. Tim, I know you and I have spent some time in Calgary together going out to eat, and I'm thinking maybe next time we're in town he could get us in for the early bird special or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But on to hockey, we should get into that. Uh, Buffalo Sabres. You may be seeing two teams right now that have a little bit different motivation. The Winnipeg Jets maybe not as motivated. They've been hanging around first place. They've been liking life where they've been. Lately, they seem a little unmotivated. 
frustrated. They haven't been to the game plan that Rick Bonus wants them at. They've gone two, uh, two wins, three losses in their last five games, playing against a Buffalo Sabres team that's extremely motivated. They're trying to elbow their way into the playoff conversation over in the East, and they're doing a good job staking their claim right now. Uh, maybe different motivation between these two teams, though, because it's not long ago they met. They met earlier this month, and I'll tell you this about the Winnipeg Jets. They are escape artists. They find ways to win games they probably shouldn't win. Sometimes Connor Hellebuck steals one. Sometimes they go out and they just pop a couple quick goals that uh, come out of nowhere, and they, they win a lot of games a lot of people would think they shouldn't. One of those games was their last game against the Buffalo Sabres, in which their coach said most definitely Connor Hellebuck stole that game for them. So if you're the Winnipeg Jets, their motivation here tonight is to show, yeah, that last game, that wasn't us. We're better than that, and we're going to get another two points out of this. If you're the Buffalo Sabres, I think you're thinking you guys were lucky to get away with that one. We're going to take the two points tonight. Uh, our uh, drinks, I mean dinner, uh, was anything but early when we were in Calgary, Shot right? <laughs> So uh, if he gets us in for <laughs> no, the no early doubt. bird special, we might not know what the hell we're doing. Appreciate you, dude. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> Anytime. There is Sean Reynolds in Winnipeg. It's an interesting matchup. Sabres and Jets. That's what he's saying about the Jets. They've been kind of lax lately. Yeah, but it's also like January. Like that ish happens. Doldrums. There is some doldrums to be done. Only other Canadian team in action tonight the Habs. They host the Wings in Montreal. Jake Allen returns between the pipes after a nearly three week layoff with Chris Weidman also drawing back into the lineup. And news out of Vancouver today as the Canucks have inked forward Andre Kuzmenko a day after Jesse and I had a conversation of what you do with Kuzmenko. Well, they didn't care. They signed him to a two-year contract extension. AAV is five and a half million bucks. 26-year-old rookie is impressed in his first NHL season with 21 goals so far. Uh, that's second on the team, 43 points, third most on the Canucks. The deal also includes a limited no-trade clause, which is interesting. At first, I was against... Uh, the idea of renaming the show Tim and Friends, but today it kind of sort of works. Will Lou, Cabby, and Nell, 3 of 32 with Elliot Friedman, brought to you by GMC in the new Sierra AT4X. Elliot Friedman joins us now in 32 Thoughts Swag. I love it. What's going on, Fridge? It's, it's Merrick stuff, too. You know, <laughs> I just want to know. I, I'm not so vain that I would wear my own kind of clothing. Uh, <laughs> that one's Merrick's? Yeah, this is a Merrick. This uh. is. <laughs> Merrick's yellow laces, yes. <laughs> so, so yesterday on the show, uh, I bring up the future of Andre Kuzmenko. The 21 goals, yep. all that stuff. Jesse and I have a conversation. I say this is an interesting one for the Canucks. He's 27 when the deadline rolls around. Scoring, they can afford what they can get back for him, blah, blah, blah. Turns out two years, $11 million. Does it surprise you that we heard this and at this time? No, I, I think they've been working towards this for quite some time. I think... Uh, uh, I think they went to the agent, uh, Dan Milstein, about, I don't know, six weeks ago, and they said that this was their plan and this is what they wanted to do. Uh, I also have to think on some level there were conversations before Kuzmenko signed about that, uh, you know what, we're going to sign in Vancouver for this year. There was a lot of interest in him. I'm sure they talked about what the next kind of deal could look like. So I don't think this was a huge surprise to anybody. But, you know, like, I, I think the player's happy there. You know, a lot of, some guys come over from Russia. There's, there aren't as many successes like Panarin and Kuzmenko. There's a lot of players who've come over, Kaprizov, 
There have been other players who've come over and they've been a little bit older and it hasn't worked and they go back. Uh, I think Vancouver wanted to keep this player and I just don't think we're in a place right now where long-term was possible. And also, it's short enough a marriage that if it doesn't work for everybody, it's not going to be too hard to get out of. So, like, I played a clip of Rick Tockett being at a loss for words in Game 2. Uh, it was nitpicked. Mm-hmm. It was a good tweet. I understand it. But outside of Bo Horvat and his <laughs> 31 goals in 48 games, it feels like it's been double-down season in Vancouver. I miss stuff. I'm not above that. Like, am I missing something here in Vancouver? Or is, is it just Bo Horvat and that's what they're going to do? Or is, is there more Bach Besser? Like, h- how do they end up? get more cap space so that they can do the things that they want to do in the future? Well, I, I think I, I think that uh, that's a question I think a lot of us are wondering. I think this is going to... This is my guess, okay. Tim, is that where it kind of goes. I think that Besser... I, well, <laughs> excuse me, Horvat first. <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting through bless, this. Bless you. Horvat, and, and he's battling it, a, the, the, a flu, so we appreciate you doing this. I'm giving you the excuse. Sir. Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Look, Horvat. look, if there was any question about whether or not they'd be able to sign him, we have the answer. Um, they signed Miller. Now they signed Kuzmenko. They're not going to be able to do Horvat, I don't think. And I think he's going to be traded. Uh, I think there's other players on that team that are going to be dealt to. I, I think Besser is going to be dealt. Um, I think at some point in time, I think Myers will be dealt, whether it's this year or after his bonus is due in the summer. Uh, I, I think they are going to try to move some other players out. We'll see what this all means, but you know, I, I know I heard some people saying, "Well, they hope that if they keep Kuzmenko, that'll make Pedersen more likely to sign." I, I'm not sure I, I would say that. I, I don't know if it's quite that deep, mm. but I, I, I do think they do speak to Pedersen quite a bit about what he thinks and what his feelings are. I, I just feel that they they want to keep a nucleus. They've committed to Miller. They're going to make Pedersen their guy. I think they wanted to have another forward, Kuzmenko, around them so they could score. Um, and I think, but I think you're going to see a bunch of other guys moved: Horvat, Besser, um, Myers, and and maybe Demko. I never thought I would say that, but I think we're getting to that possibility mm-hmm. too. I do think they're going to put a ton of players out there if they haven't already. Uh, if, if they're going to retool, they're going to have to talk to Pedersen throughout this entire process because yes. that's the only way yes. that you retool and not rebuild. Um, so listen, uh, I want to have a, a fun name. I know it's not hockey. Let me get to this. Before I get to my big barter board, which I was going to go to, I know it's hockey, but is there ever a time where you could see them pulling some of those guys out of the lineup until they get a deal done, which seems inevitable for some like Horvat? Like, I just... It does happen. Yeah, like, do, do it you does think... Happen. It does Like, if he got hurt, if Bo Horvat got hurt, this would be uh, another nail in the coffin of the Canucks because he'd end up walking in, in free agency. Could you see Bo Horvat sitting down eventually here before they get a deal done? Uh, uh, historically, they don't do that, uh, and the league doesn't really like them doing that unless a player's about to be traded. Right. Like, if you're pulling a player... Like, it was a couple of years ago, I remember... The Rangers pulled Matt Zuccarello out of the lineup, and they traded him the next day. That's the one I remember off the top of my head. That's happened here and there over the times the last couple of years, but only if a trade is close. The league will allow you or turn a blind eye to it as long as the player is close. I don't think anybody is going to be okay with Bo Horvat 
you have to sit out for a week until we trade you. It's got to be imminent before that's allowed to occur. Oh, man. I, I couldn't even imagine if he got hurt in the meantime. Well, it, ha it happened with Gostasperi yeah. yesterday, right? Like, yep. he got hurt the other night, and now he's, he's going to be out until around the deadline. It, it happened with O'Reilly, although it sounds like he's going to be okay. Um, I, I just don't think the league would look fondly on, and to be honest, if I was the Players Association, I would grieve that. I would say you, you can't do that. You can't do that to our player. I, I would fight. If I was a player, I would fight that very hard. Uh, I don't know. If I was Bull Horvat, I might sit down. <laughs> Give me a little bit of rest. And I'll, I know they're proud. <laughs> I know all that. Give me the blah, blah, blah. I also know that some of them are smart. And Bo Horvat has kind of proven what he's worth. I don't know what he can prove more in yep. Vancouver. Um, so I, I want to have some I fun. Uh, I know that there, every other sports media giant basically has some weird name for getting into a deadline. They got Trade Bait, Trade Center, Trade Central. So I created Tim's Big Barter Board, a.k.a. Timmy's Top Ten. It's not quite the same. I understand it, but I kind of made want to make the joke. So we had Bo Horvat at one, Timo Meyer at two, Jacob Chikrin at three. I won't ask you to comment on the entire top three or the entire top ten, but which one of these are you hearing the most about right now? I would. I think it's 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 uh, it's Meyer and it's Horvat. Right. You know, Horvat. Horvat's having a marvelous season. Uh, he's a center. I, I think that you know, top six centers are so hard to find in this league, and I think for that reason. Um, <coughs> plus, also, I think Boston is one of the teams that's interested in him. So, mm. because the Bruins ha are having such a phenomenal season, I think that adds to it. Plus, Horvat's also playing in a Canadian market that gets a little bit of attention. Yeah. And there's like a there's like a five alarm fire every day, so I think that he's up there. Um, you know, with Meyer, I think there's a lot. Uh, I you know I, I think the biggest difference right now between Meyer and Horvat is to this point the Canucks have not indicated they'll let Horvat talk to other teams. I think the Sharks are different. If they get a deal they like, they will. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I would just put Horvat a little bit ahead of Meyer because Horvat's a center, and centers are always in greater demand. Uh, the Leafs seem to be in on at least the conversations surrounding Meyer. Uh, also down near the bottom of that list, uh, Vladislav Gabrikov. Uh, where do you think Kyle Dubas and the Leafs end up here? You know, I think the thing with Meyer is, I think for a lot of it, it's more fan wish, fans wishing. Right. I think there's a lot of fans who would love to see Timo Meyer uh, on the Leafs. I think that is an incredibly complicated deal to make uh, for Toronto. Uh, I actually think he'd be a great fit there. I'm just not convinced that that's what they want. You know, when Jake Muzzin went down at the beginning of the, uh, in the early in the year, I think they said whatever we do, when they don't have a lot of cap room, they don't have a ton of assets, but whatever we do, we have to do it for a Muzzin-esque player. Right. I think the way that their defense has played, Tim, has given them a little bit of pause on that. I think it's made them think, are we okay the way we are and can we do something else? But I think they still feel like they have time to make that decision. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Matthew Nyes. I would say this about Toronto in the past. They have never shown any indication of wishing to um, have Nyes traded for a rental. I think if he was ever to be included in a deal, it would be for more than that. Uh, but... I still think it's more likely than not they go for defense first, but I'm less convinced about that than I was when Muzzin first got injured. So are the Leafs and the Oilers shopping in the same stores here? 
Similar. Yeah. Similar. Yeah, for defensemen, I, I, I think they are. And tough defense. I still think the Oilers are looking for... Well, I think... <coughs> I, one of the things the Oilers have told teams is that, yeah, they want a defenseman with some edge, but they also want a defenseman who can complete a pass, right? <laughs> like, I, I don't think in this... I, I don't think in this day and age... Especially when you're two teams that can transition the puck and so much of your offense is based on transition, like the Oilers and the Maple Leafs are, you have defensemen on the ice who can't make passes. And I, and I think both of those teams think about that a lot. Yeah. So uh, I, I know in Edmonton's case in particular, they have talked about that. Yeah, maybe we want somebody heavier, but we also got to make sure they can complete a pass. Yeah, that's why I think Gabrikov is kind of valuable right now because he seems like a little bit of a hybrid, a guy, a guy who can lean on people but also make that first pass, which I think is really valuable. Uh, Fridge, you've been really valuable, valuable to me, as always. Appreciate you doing this and battling through uh, the cough and cold. Well, I'm, I'm glad you let me go before I hacked out my lung. On, on <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need to see that. And plus, I don't know if you heard about Cabby uh, and our bet and what might be having to pay up. If you're not already coughing up a lung, you might throw up the lung in a flash. So we'll let you go. I can't wait to see it. All right, take care, guys. All right, there is uh, Elliot Friedman from the Friedman Compound in the greater Toronto area. Time for one last break. Jesse Rubinoff is going to take control of the board with game time next as we get you to Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet. Feel for him. Battling tough nails. This is Tim and Friends, and we hope that your game day starts with us. Here's what follows our show on the network tonight. Hockey Central, a few minutes away. Then it's the Bruins and Lightning across the country. That's right. Bruins and Lightning. Atlantic Division foes beware and maybe... Watch tonight. Flames hosting the Hawks regionally sports net west. Ducks and red hot abs on 360 later. And a good NBA doubleheader begins with the NBA All-Stars being announced. The starters will be announced at 7 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Knicks and Celtics, Spurs and Clippers. That's always a fun show. What does it LeBron and Giannis. LeBron and Giannis. They're the captains. Yes. They're leading their respective conferences in voting. The players voted as team captains will then draft players from the pool of starters and reserves. But this year, the format's been changed, and the draft will now happen live right before the game instead of being recorded a few days ahead of time. So in your opinion, why do they make the change to the All-Star You don't have to ask my opinion. I can give you proof of why they changed it. This was last year. There were two players left on the board. Kevin Durant had one pick to take from those two players. And I love the NBA because they're all about being, you know, 100 and making sure that they're really real. This is why it was changed. I'm gonna need some size for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm gonna need some size and um, <laughs> interior. Yeah. yeah, especially yeah. with Giannis and LeBron James Without playing question. such great basketball this year. I need somebody to offset that. So I I'm agree. Go with uh, Rudy Gobert. I that, agree. I agree. That, that, worked, out, that worked out nicely. That worked out nicely. So uh, James Harden goes to uh, LeBron James as the final selection uh, of the All Star yeah. draft. Jack, is he? Can he? Is he? Is he? He hasn't played. Is he healthy? Who's that? 
James, he hasn't played. Uh, do, he's he's like, missed. What happens if he doesn't? Oh, he got traded. He's healthy now. He's missed the last three with a with a hammy. <laughs> <laughs> See, and now we know why LeBron carries hey, a clipboard hey, with him to the uh, to the. Hey, drive. hey LeBron! Oh my God! Trust me, right man. now he's rubbing some ice hot on that thing. He's playing the next game. <laughs> no questions. I can't. I can't with y'all. KD, just oh next year God. bring a clipboard. It, it comes in. It comes in very handy. Yeah, you have to. You can hide your face. <laughs> like LeBron's been doing. <laughs> Is it, isn't that what you want, though? Uh, it's exactly what you want. So the only person, and even like, so was Harden upset, and sure, that's why cares? it was changed? Yeah, who cares? Or was KD upset because he was put in an awkward situation? Either way, it had the same thing happened. Remember Phil Kessel went last in the of NHL course, draft, and then they changed it, and they didn't yeah. do it the same way. That's exactly, but that was amazing I TV. I love it, and I know that KD, who's got the account where he's tweeting all the time, Literally. really honestly, yeah. like, why can't he deal with that? Yeah, the NBA, I mean, they're just, they're a little sensitive, the personalities. <laughs> Just a, just a little bit. So they're probably catering, uh, maybe trying they, to have it. And anyway. maybe they deal with it more than any other yeah. league. All right. Uh, Great Atlantic Division matchup in the National Hockey League coming up on Sportsnet. Lightning hosting the Bruins. As mentioned, Tampa Bay has won 10 straight at home and can match their franchise record with 11 straight tonight. They're taking on the Bruins, who are 9-0 in one of their last 10 road games. Wow. What a game. <laughs> Excuse me. It's uh, Elliot, oh, Elliot. Friedman, yeah. Through Contagious. the Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> Through the Zoom. <laughs> Uh, it's basically a pickup. So, Jesse, who you got? Tampa and Boston. And this home ice advantage thing could mean something in this division. Can I flip a coin? The Bruins. I think you got to keep choosing the Bruins until they show you that they can't continue to do it. They score almost four goals a game. They allow two goals a game. They're fastest team in history to 80 points in the regular season. They're first in penalty kill, second in power play. They're just... They're a juggernaut right now, and I get the lighting. I understand. Obviously, they're a great hockey team, but Boston's too good right now. If you're given a pick'em in a game, and there's a team that's 38-5 and four in that pick'em, yeah, you kind of sort of have to take that. Team. Like, I'm with you. The Lightning are good. They're good at home, but like if you're forced to take one side, yeah. you gotta go with the team that's 38-5 and four. Are you like, surprised Boston's that it's a pick'em? I'm a little, I'm a little bit surprised that it's a pick'em. I understand the Tampa's at home and they're. And going for 10 in a row at home. Boston's 16, 4, and 1. Yeah, exactly. So I, <laughs> Boston's I been unbelievable. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. We should do a deep dive on the Bruins. Legendarily good. Like, ha- like how? We should do a deep dive. Okay. Yeah, we should. Uh, happy birthday to the great one. Wayne Gretzky turned 62 today. 62. We decided to post a couple of Gretzky's. <laughs> Most ridiculous 80s photos to mark the occasion. Tim, what's Gretzky's most ridiculous record? I'm going to get some responses after you give me yours. I I got the ridiculousness in the photo and the numbers. My my favorite, obviously 92, 215 are ridiculous and kids don't really know that he had 92 goals in one year. He had Mm -hmm. 215 points in another year. He had a 51 point our 51-game point streak to start a season where he had 153 points in the 51 games. Ridiculous. But my favorite is that he's got 936 more points than second place on the list. Let me, let me list off a couple of players who don't have 936 points, period, in their career. Mm-hmm. Hall of Famer Eric Lindros, Trevor Linden, Jonathan Taves, Bobby Orr, and Pavel Datsuk. 
don't have 936 points in their career. Built different. That's his lead over second place. Gretzky was built different. Now, Terry writes in and says, most people don't realize this about his 50 goals in 39 games. Incredible accomplishment. But Gretz had 35 goals after 35 games that year. He scored 15 in the next four games. <laughs> Garth says, 1,000 points in a career usually means a ticket into the Hall of Fame. Gretzky did that over a five-year period. So, a lot of good responses. <laughs> He's just built up. He's built up. Right? Yeah. He could probably still put up a 1,000. All right, that does it for us. Hockey Central is coming up next. We hope you will join us tomorrow right here on Tim and Friends. Carolyn Cameron and company, <laughs> soak it in. <laughs>